Welcome to another episode of Restoring Your Voice, where me, your host, Pastor David, helps you to speak up and speak out with your God-given voice. So, happy Tuesday, all. I don't know where you're living at, but here in Colorado Springs, it is hot, 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 hotty, hot, hot. I mean, we're it's already 9.30 in the morning as of this recording, and it's already 80 degrees. Woo-wee! Anyway, I hope you're staying cool wherever you're at, but we're going to dive in and um, I'm going to call this, I don't know, are the conditions for revival set? So why? You know, I've been listening to many people, leaders speak about revival, you know, here or or it's coming or it's going to come and... And then I've, I've listened to their definitions of revival, right? They've talked about past revivals, or I should say, quote-unquote, revivals. They've, they've used, um, quoted people like Charles Finney, and all these things, right? But the thing lacking is them quoting scripture. Where in scripture? What in scripture tells us the definition of revival what are we supposed to do how do we get it well I'm so glad that you asked and um, you know what we're going to call this the triple threat broadcast in other words this podcast my other podcast tonight the bearded truth which will be live and unedited so tune in there look for if you want to watch it on YouTube, then go to my YouTube channel, David C. McGuire. Just search for me. And also, tomorrow night, uh, for Restored to Life Church midweek message, I will be preaching on revival, storming the gates of hell. So, tonight, on the Bearded Truth, right? You can listen to it on audio podcast when it gets uploaded, but you can watch it live also on Facebook or YouTube or even Twitter. Go find me on any of those platforms. David C. McGuire. Anyway, revival, you know, I just, I mean, I'm grieved. I'm also angry. Now, what do you mean? How can I be both? Because I want to see revival. I think every Christian, whether you're a leader or not, should want it. I mean, we are in desperate need of it. But I'm angry as well because we really just don't want it. All right, we say we want it, right? We even say it's happening, but I don't even think the conditions are set for it. Now, now what do I mean by that? Now, wherever you live at, now, I, I don't know what your, you know, how they rate fire danger. Um, I know many, many places across the nation it's extremely hot. I mean, here in Colorado, we're, we're experiencing heat wave. It's dry. There's been not a, a, a much moisture. Uh, many places are, are seeing drought conditions. Um, honestly, that's the spiritual state of the church. We are experiencing drought conditions. But unlike a state or city that experiences a drought condition, right, the atmosphere is set the conditions are usually set for a fire to break out 
Um, I'm, you know, you can look at your local news stations. I don't know where else you can find the fire condition, but you know what I'm talking about. You know, is it, what, is it one, two, three, four? Is it, is it low? Is it medium? Is it very high? Right, level four fire conditions. I, I think I think that's what we have here in Colorado. Um, I just don't pay attention to it much. But so drought conditions, right? Normally are a catalyst for a fire to break out. Right, no moisture, you know, simple spark, and then boom, it spreads because there's not enough moisture. You know, that should honestly be us, the church, but I'm telling you, we're not there. Right, as we see spiritual death, right, spiritually just dry in the church at large. Now, I'm not saying there are not churches out there that are, you know, on fire for God. But in, in in all honesty, it's few and far between right now, you know. And and I am a pastor of a church, okay. And I'm not against churches. I'm not against my fellow pastors. But I'm just want to. The truth needs to honestly be said. You know, we we say, for instance, we're on fire for God. But I'm telling you that a program does not mean you're on fire for God. A Sunday school program. For the kiddies is not the litmus test of revival or on fire for God. The songs you sing, your worship services, guess what? Doesn't mean squat if it's not worship in spirit and in truth. And if it's not in worship in spirit and in truth, then guess what? You are not on fire for God. I don't care. I don't care how many smoke, smoke and fog machines and light shows and what have you. It means nothing. I don't care how you feel. It doesn't mean you're on fire for God. Emotions are not the test. And emotions have never been the test. And have, Why? Because they're not the goal. Wow, I feel so good. That is not the goal. I tell you what really brings revival. Grief. Grief. That leads to repentance, as Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. The grief that leads to repentance. And if there is one thing that starts revival, it's that dirty R word, repent. When people start repenting, when believers realize, man, I, I have been compromised. Then we may see something happen. I know many out there think believers, repentance. I thought, you know, once you came to Christ, you're good to go. I mean, all your sins are washed away. True. He's forgotten your sins. True. But, you know, unless your name is Jesus, right, you're going to sin again. Right? There's still stuff in you that needs to get out. Junk and clutter, old habits, old ways of thinking. And the more you get rid of, then, you know what God does? He goes down to, to the next layer. Time to clean that up. So repentance is a daily thing. It is a lifestyle. It is not bad, but that's not preached anymore. So how can we have revival? How can the conditions even be set when nary a word on repentance is uttered from the pulpits by the pastors? Weak-willed, yellow-bellied, sissified pastors who keep their flock down and trapped. 
who who keep them in fear and and they infect their flock with cowardice what do i mean right the pandemic hit right and, and so many pastors were just willing to shut everything down all right now i understand navigating you know uncharted waters is a difficult thing but come on already we're on the other side of the pandemic now right we're on the other side and where are the men of god where are the true preachers the on fire pastors where are the pauls of our generation right willing to go in and take over regions for the kingdom of god who's willing out there to kick down but no wait a minute we can't we dare not stir up that hornet's nest because government said so because big tech said so baloney absolute baloney now well, i know many out there will quote many passages about obeying the government absolutely we 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 should not be an open rebellion armed rebellion that should not be our end goal and we should not be looking to do that but when the government states something that goes explicitly against god then we have a responsibility to make the biblical choice to obey god rather than man but anyone willing to do that honestly i dare say throughout the world is few and far between my goodness i mean you just open up the book of acts right stephen up there preaching his heart off gets martyred and doesn't stop preaching the dude's getting stoned to death he's about to die and he preaches the gospel hmm and yet people here well i can't say that cuz i might be deplatformed i might be censored i might well this you know people were willing to be stoned to death where is that kind of fire where is that passion for us to to be willing to say to ourselves i'm willing to do that i mean can we honestly look in the mirror can we honestly say in a heartbeat we would be willing to die for Christ I mean if if our very lives were at stake if the lie how about this right how if the very lives of our family members were at stake and we were forced to watch would we lay down our lives would we stand for Christ or would we capitulate and thereby apostatize I'm just speaking real you know this this podcast is called restoring your voice so i'm just speaking real it needs to be said you know where is your voice you know i'm going to speak to the pastors for a second here where is your voice in the midst in the midst of trouble and tribulation where is your voice or do you capitulate do you not want well you know if i do that Well, government said it's good. Well, I didn't realize that everything the government said is absolute truth. Government said the vaccine is good, really. And you're just going to capitulate, say, "Yep, I don't know what this does. It's not approved. 
nobody knows exactly the end result and how it works. I'm just going to go along with it because government said so. You know, there's a lot of things that the government has said throughout the centuries. Government has said slavery was good at one point in time. Government has said segregation is okay at one point in time. Government said, you know, women, they don't really have rights because they're women and they're inferior at one point in time. Governments around the world, throughout history, have said all sorts of rubbish. You know, caused world wars because of it. So no, what government says isn't always good and most certainly not this current administration. Brother, you're delving into politics. You darn right I am. Because the moment you breach my First Amendment rights, I'm coming after you. You tell me to shut up and I can't speak or else. Well, I say bring on the or else because I'm not quieting down. Worry about you, pastors. Huh? When the government starts telling you, don't you dare speak out against homosexuality, we'll shut you down. We'll, we'll, you know what? You're going to lose your, your tax exempt, exempt status, and that's all it takes to shut you up. Because I don't recall reading anything in the Bible, at the very least, of tax exempt status. I mean, I read the other way around, right? I read the other way around where Jesus had to give unto Caesar what is Caesar's, right? And I try to get out of it and make yourself rich, but that's a whole nother subject. Ooh, I'm preaching good today. Because it needs to be said, and I'm unafraid. Not because I'm so cool, but because of Jesus. Think about it. Jesus was willing to speak up and speak out for you. He was willing to lay everything down, to empty himself as it says in the book of Philippians, to empty himself for you. To invade, to, to revive, right? That is what revival is, right? That means something was once alive, flourishing on fire, but it died out, right? Revival, reviving something, right? Once, for instance, the nation of Israel was all about God. There are five for God, but over time, and things, it, it, it died off, right? We're talking, I am, I'm just even talking from the time of the return from the captivity, or where they were willing to rebuild the temple, rebuild the walls. They were on fire, but something died out in them. And it had to be revived. See, that is where we get revival completely wrong. But we're going to take a break right now for an ad and I'll be right back after the ad alright welcome back alright we're we're, we're we're discussing hard truths I'm talking about things that need to be said right what revival is that it is not it is not something new it is not conversion it is reviving something that was dead and I'm telling you right now the church at least here in America and you know around the world let's just be frank is a dead fish all right with no fire in our bellies anymore right where is the fire in our bones right like the prophet Jeremiah said right your fire is like your word like a fire in my bones that I cannot shut up right the dude could not help but speak about it and you know he complained because he said I don't really want to and yada yada but then he was like, but I can't help it. I must. I mean, that should be us, right? We shouldn't have to want to bring hard words. 
But we have to. We, we, you know, we have to confront sin. We have to confront, let me say it, apathy. You know, apathy has killed the church. I mean, apathy, I believe, is the worst form of sin ever. You say, well, what about hate? Hate is not bad. Hating people is bad, but hate is not bad. Why? Because the Bible tells us that God hates, and we are supposed to be his image bearers. And if God hates things, then why shouldn't we, but with this watered-down, weak-willed leadership we have in many places, I guarantee few and far between is it heard about few and far between around the world is true holiness and holiness and right living and repentance talked about we have to set the conditions but the conditions will never be set unless you and I are willing to take a hard look in the mirror and say you know what I got some areas in my life where I've been compromised in this area or I'm not even saved oh by the way just because you're a pastor doesn't mean you're automatically saved all right a position in the church does not make a person saved a right standing with Jesus a relationship with Jesus that produces kingdom fruits says whether somebody is saved or not but how many can say out there pastors how many of you can honestly say you're producing kingdom fruits. I didn't say building a church. I didn't say increasing numbers. I didn't say having numerous programs and such. And add on whatever you want to. I said a right relationship with Jesus that produces kingdom fruits. Kingdom fruits, which means, I'm going to say a dirty word here, discipleship. Not conversion, discipleship. And we don't want that. Because it takes hard work and dedication. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes patience. It takes, oh, I don't know, what do you call it? Shepherding. To do discipleship properly. We don't want to do the hard stuff, no. But we want revival. But we don't want to do the works. And we don't want to produce the fruits that will set the conditions for revival. And I'm telling you right now, the conditions are not set. Oh, I pray to God that they will be set. And I pray to God that those listening to this will be convicted by the Holy Spirit. I don't do the convicting. It's the Holy Spirit's job. But I pray that people fall on their knees. I pray people say, God, I'm returning to you. God, I need you. God, you're all I need. And I will live my life for you to mean laying down my physical life if need be are you willing to go the distance are you willing do you really 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 truly want revival not a a watered down version of it well you know what do you know how many people came to salvation well that's all great and I'm all for people coming to salvation but that is not revival that is not that's basic Christianity 101 Okay, Peter preached, 3,000 were saved. That's normal. Signs and wonders should be normal. We don't even have those. Heck, half the church doesn't even believe in it. And then one half that believes and the other half that doesn't believe are, are at each other's throats. And we wonder why are we not really having revival? Because I don't read where disunity and revival go together. 
Okay, I read in the book of Acts, which I'll get into tonight on the Beard of Truth, right, where increase in numbers, unity as one, taking care of one another, but we can't even do that in the church and we want revival, right? We'd rather build offices. We'd rather hire people, build more buildings, do everything that costs money except do what the Bible tells us and take care of one another. Right? We don't take we don't take care of the lambs. We don't feed the sheep. No, by the way, preaching from a pulpit is not feeding the sheep. Unless you can say that you're taking care of people's physical needs at the same time, you're not feeding anybody. I mean, it's great, right? Person's about to lose their house. Maybe their electricity is going to get shut off. Wondering how they're gonna get by just a one loaf of, of you know bread that costs a dollar, right? But whoo, we're gonna preach from the pulpit, right? Because that's gonna put food on the table, right? That's gonna give that family bread. That's gonna keep that family with a roof over their head, right? Because you preached a good sermon. I'm just saying what what is going on. It's been going on for years though. All right, it's been going on. This kind of stuff has been going on for decades. I'm sorry, I can't help you go fill out this application. Since when was helping out a brother or sister in Christ? Since when was an application required? My God! My God, save us from our foolishness. Save us and open the eyes of the spiritually blind today in the name of Jesus. My as you can tell, I'm fired up about this. I'm passionate. I want to see it happen. But the conditions have to be set. We have to look and say, you know what? It is dry. But we have to look with eyes of hope and say, you know what? Then now is the time to set the conditions. So when that spark, that heavenly spark happens, that fire will be fanned into flames that will not die out in each and every single one of us and thereby we will be able to crash the gates of hell because the bible says so once again signs and wonders will be manifested but we can't say we want any of that when we're not willing to lay it down on the altar when we're not willing to be filled, when we're not willing to repent and make room for God. You know, I'm not preaching legalism, but I'm going to tell you straight up, anything you have in your life that gets in the way of relationship with God needs to be gotten rid of. You cannot say that you want the Holy Spirit when you're watching porn. You can't even say you're saved if you're watching porn, by the way. Uh, you cannot honestly say you want the Holy Spirit, right? But you can't even make time to pray. What you love most, you will make time for. Now, I'm not telling you how to pray. I'm not even telling you when to pray. I'm just simply saying pray. But you want the Holy Spirit, right? You want fire. But you're not willing to even see what the Word of God has to say about it. You could care less what the Bible actually really has to say. I mean, I heard preacher so-and-so say it. I mean, prophet so-and-so prophesied about it. I'm good to go. 
Well, except that's not what the Bible tells us to do. Right? The Bible tells us many things about the Bible. Right? It tells us that you know the scriptures are Holy Spirit breathed, inspired, right? Used for rebuke, correction, and teachings and such. I know radical ideas, but we want revival, but we're not willing to to do anything about it. I mean, that's like saying, you know what? I don't want to get out of debt, right? But you never make the effort to stop spending money on other stuff and spend money on paying down that debt, right? Now, I'm going to go eat out at Arby's. Man, I'm going to get me that Big Mac at McDonald's. But you want out of debt. I mean, that's where the church is. We are in debt. And we're not willing to do the hard work to get out of it. Yeah, my friends are like, what? Work can preach works-based salvation. I don't like that. No, I'm not. What I am saying is it comes at a cost. Walking with God costs us everything. And nobody said it was easy. At least not what I read in the Bible. Jesus never said it was going to be easy. Maybe prosperity preacher over, you know, over the hill says, hey, as long as you name it and claim it, but that's not what the Bible actually says. It requires us to lay down our lives. It requires us to lay down our jobs, our families, our ministries, our churches, our friends. We lay it all on the altar for Jesus. Look, it's either, it's, it's, there's no in between. Okay, it's either all or nothing at all. So my question as we close then is what do you want? What do you want? What do you really, really want? Really, really, really want? Do you want revival? Or do you just say it? Question and the answer will just tell you everything. So, thank you for joining me on this episode of Restoring Your Voice. Don't forget to head on over to the Beard of Truth. Look for that camouflage logo and Join me tonight on YouTube and Facebook. And don't forget, you can leave me a voice message. The link is in the description. So leave me a voice message and you're most likely going to be featured in a future episode. So I love you. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I say, come to Jesus fully and then you'll start seeing change but the number one place that's going to start is in your life and it can happen if it's yours for the taking amen god bless you and i'll talk to you later